0: Every day, over 350,000 new variations of malware hit the web. And while most organizations have attempted to mitigate these attacks, many antivirus and firewall technologies that worked in the past are no longer effective. Rocket IT helps you identify and update outdated technologies and processes that put your business at risk. To learn more about how Rocket IT can help protect your organization, click the link in this episode's description.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Thrive Y'all. I'm your host, Jessica Clayton, and I'm the marketing coordinator here at Rocket IT. Today, I have Chris Fan with me. Chris, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So Chris is the Vice President of Operations for Truck Hero in Lawrenceville. And so even just today getting our this episode published, you know, I assume that there's a lot of different things that you have to do on your day-to-day basis. Can you go into kind of what your role entails and how you pretty much stay organized?
0: Okay. So I oversee the operations here of our Lawrenceville facility as well as our Beaufort Distribution Center. Again, day-to-day is going to be dealing with a lot of of people inside our facilities and a lot of our customers outside of our facilities. Also includes our supply base. So there's never a dull moment in this business. So there's always a challenge and an opportunity that presents itself. So that's kind of the day-to-day.
1: So I assume that there's like a lot of different planning and development that kind of pulls you in a bunch of different directions. Can you kind of talk about how that is?
0: Yeah, so again, as with any operation, you're trying to do the long-term planning and and development for not only the business, but also the people in the business. So again, that's kind of a big chunk of my job in a day-to-day situation, but then there's always other opportunities and challenges that come that just have to be tended to. So one of the things I often say is that we plan our day, but then probably 15 minutes into it, we have to replan our day. Mm And, and again, we're very fluid in that nature in manufacturing because you never know what's going to happen next. So there's always challenges and opportunities that present. Yourself.
1: Sounds good. And so just from speaking briefly, I know that you said that you've been in the manufacturing field for 28 years. What made you get involved with manufacturing? And more specifically, why did you choose to land at Truck Hero?
0: Well, I started many, many, many years ago, as you said. When I was in college, I I had a co-op opportunity for a large manufacturer in Tennessee. kind of exposed me to the the manufacturing side of of industry. I think there was always one thing that drew me to that was the relationships and the people and the process that we went through. I think that's kind of where I started. And then kind of what drew me to to the opportunity here in Georgia was I saw a company and a location that had a lot of opportunity. I felt like I had something to give to them to help develop not only the business, but also the people. That's what attracted me here.
1: Oh, good. So kind of sort of like Rocket IT where relationships and, you know, wanting to help people thrive. Sounds like that's a commonality for Truck Hero as well.
0: Well, I think that's a commonality in a lot of business. We, we make the parts that we make and the, and the things that services that we provide. But really, it's a people business. You know this business is built around five to six hundred people locally here in georgia that quite honestly if folks like myself that are sitting in this seat don't make the right decisions we can take away those opportunities and that's kind of always been a driving factor for me is make sure i make the right decisions and and choose to do the right things for the business because it's providing opportunity for our employees and you know their family and their extended family and, and again you always want to grow a business to give more opportunity to the community because we've got a lot of young kids that are coming up and, you know, they need a place to work locally and a way to raise their family and be very successful in the future. So again, that's, it's kind of one of those things that drives me to make sure that, you know, I, as a leader in this organization, make make good, sound business decisions that that afford those opportunities for for the company and its employees.
1: And speaking of your organization, can you, just give the listeners just a pretty much what does Truck Hero do?
0: So Truck Hero makes automotive accessories. We kind of don't have anything that is required to operate a vehicle, but it's the stuff that we say makes the vehicle cool. The accessories that everybody really wants to kind of personalize their vehicle and make it more useful for whatever they do, either at work or in their, you know, recreational time. So we're kind of that industry that provides those neat toys that go with their vehicle that, you know, make the vehicle their own.
1: Very nice. And so how important is it for your organization to use local partnerships to bring that fund to the consumer?
0: Well, I think I think anytime you can partner with someone locally, it, it makes a big difference. We've been very fortunate here to partner with several folks in Gwinnett County to you know, further our business activities or do certain things that have been really neat. We've partnered with high schools. We've partnered with technical schools to try to, you know, get the message back out there that, you know, manufacturing is kind of cool because a lot of kids don't want to go into manufacturing. They want to go to work for Apple or Starbucks or someone like that. Manufacturing is not the cool job. And and again, a lot of their parents don't want to see them go into that industry because it has a reputation of being very hard work, a lot of hours, it's kind of dirty and that kind of thing. But again, we've tried to showcase to the folks that that's not the case. You know, there are some really cool applications that we do in our business that, you know, involve a lot of, you know, 3D scanning, 3D printing, you know, laser measuring, a lot of those different things that, you know, it is kind of cool to go into manufacturing and there's a world of opportunity there for people that, you know, maybe choose the college path or people that choose the technical path. So, again, I think that's that's a way we've tried to partner locally. And again, we've tried to showcase our facilities and those opportunities to various groups. And I think we've been pretty successful.
1: Nice. And through my research, I ha- I saw that your company is actually classified as a critical infrastructure by the Department of Homeland Security in the critical manufacturing sector. How? What was that classification process like for you all and what impact does it have for your business?
0: So again, as as you said, we're classified as critical infrastructure. So we support the heavy truck industry and we support, again, quite a few automotive sides. So we were classified in that. What that afforded us is opportunity. You know, when things happened a year ago, we could stay in operations and provide for our employees and their families. So again, that, that kind of led us into kind of shifting away from some of our normal production opportunities that we saw last year, too. We got a phone call again from a local partner here that basically said, hey, can you guys make masks? Everybody at that point was needing masks. And one of the local hospitals here had a really significant need. And one of our business partners reached out and said, hey, will you try? I said, well, we have people and we have sewing machines. We'll try anything. So we, for about four months, were in the business of making masks. Again, that's not our traditional business. But again, we had the equipment and we had the, the, the people to do that. So we shifted some of our production. Really good success story. I mean, we supported not only the local hospital, but then it grew by leaps and bounds to other opportunities. So at one time, I think we had masks in like seven or eight states. We actually 3D printed base shields and then actually tooled up to mass produce face shields. We did a lot of work with counter shields and table dividers for the school systems as they began to reopen. We had phone calls coming in from several school districts that, hey, what can you do to help us? They would send us the design. Our design group here would come up with a final design and manufacturing process, usually in 24 to 36 hours, and we would go into production. So again, it was a very challenging opportunity that we were afforded, but in very reporting from the standpoint that they gave us an opportunity to back community in a time of great need in this country, it was a, it was a great opportunity.
1: Wow, that sounds really amazing, especially because you all were able to just kind of switch so fast. As a leader, how did you kind of get your employees behind you guys to pivot to make the masks?
0: I think the key thing was, is, you know, at that time, I think a lot of our folks were just kind of uneasy. They didn't know what the future was. All of us were in that same boat and circumstance. So, again, my my position and I guess my role in all of that was basically to communicate as much as we could to everyone, try to make sure everyone knew where we were going and what we were doing. Try to keep everyone as calm as possible uh, because it was so much uncertainty. And, you know, just make sure and kind of communicate the message that, hey, everything's going to be OK. You know, here's here's our task at this point, and And let's just keep moving forward.
1: Very good. And second to last question today. What is the most fulfilling aspect of your role as it stands today?
0: I, I think as, as any leader. You you kind of shift from early on in your career, developing your own career, to as you get a little older, as as time passes, you want to develop and, and bring other people along that journey as well. So I think the most fulfilling part for me is is the opportunity that I have to mentor and develop some of these young leaders that are coming. Our organization has a lot of people in that are very talented. They have great skill sets. You know, they just need experience and they need mentors. One thing I say to all of our folks, if you don't have a mentor, get one. If you can be one, be one. Because there's so many people out there that, you know, they they, they just don't know what they don't know and they need someone that they can really confide in and trust and and really be that person for them to go to in a time of question. And I think for me, that's the most fulfilling part because, again, the legacy we leave is not going to be, you know, how many pieces we made yesterday or whatever. It's it's the people and the relationships that we build in that activity that, again, are going to be lasting.
1: Very true. Well, this was great. Do you have anything else you would like to share with our audience today?
0: Again, I, I just kind of reemphasize the point, you know, if you can be, be that mentor for somebody, because all of us need somebody on our career path. You need somebody that you can confide in and you can ask questions to. So again, take that opportunity to go find a mentor or be that mentor if you can.
1: All righty. Thank you so much, Chris, for your time. Everyone, that wraps up another episode of Thrive, y'all. We're going to include links in our description box if you would like to get in contact with Chris over at Truck Hero in Lawrenceville. And until the next time, we'll see you...